0: checking out college football on the west coast. This is Get Off My Pylon, a look at the Pac-12 and more. Part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast podcast network. Here's your host, Matt Zemick. Welcome to Get Off My Pylon, your go-to west coast college football podcast and a presentation of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast. I'm your co-host, Alex Blau, along with Matt Zemek. And we are here to talk all things USC. And let me tell you, if you were a USC fan, what a weekend this was for you. It's hard to ask for one better. Notre Dame, taken down. Texas, taken down. We didn't see a Bruin loss, which is surprising, I know, for all you Trojan fans out there. But, and USC QB, as a Heisman favorite, potentially, after week two... There are a lot of things to be happy about as a USC fan walking away from Stanford Week 2. Let's begin with the game itself. It was another monster offensive performance for the USC Trojans. And once again, it all starts with the quarterback, Caleb Williams, who really showed not only does he have a grasp over the Lincoln-Riley offense, he just has a control over the game, no matter the Pac-12 opponent, or if you're playing somebody like Rice. Now sure, we haven't seen, or USC hasn't seen, a tougher opponent yet, but when you look at their schedule, who is that tougher opponent really going to be? Notre Dame at the end of the USC season has massive question marks, especially with head coach Marcus Freeman. You know, this guy is 0-3, first time a head coach in Notre Dame has started 0-3, and you're looking at a school with a very, 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 very history, uh, historic program. Um, you know, Utah is another big opponent that USC has this season. And even with them, uh, big question marks surrounded UF. You know, that was a tough loss, but maybe UF was really good. And then week two, we saw UF kind of g- uh, play how we expected them to going into the season. And Utah, you know, we also saw a massive bounce back for them. Offensively, that was a production that we should be seeing from this offense. So as a USC fan, to cap off this amazing weekend, when you look back at this game, you say, wow, we could, this Trojan team could potentially run the table in year one of Lincoln's offense and Lincoln's defense, Alex Grinch's defense, which is the big question mark. Uh, But looking at this game offensively, The Trojans absolutely had their way. Caleb Williams, seven incompletions, four touchdowns. You know, by halfway through that game, by halftime of the game, I believe, uh, Caleb Williams had more touchdowns on the season than incompletions. Uh, He threw for over 300 yards, which is always a, a sign of excellence, I think, in the sport. It's becoming more normal, but, you know, for a college guy and a new system and a new team... Uh, the running backs had their way. Travis Dye got into the end zone for the first time. Uh, he also got over the, over the century mark, got 100 yards, 105 yards on 14 carries, I do believe. Uh, yet you also saw Relique Brown back healthy, glad to see him. Uh, Austin Jones, Raleigh Brown both averaged almost five yards a carry. So, you know, when Caleb Williams didn't need to rely on his receivers, USC established that we can run the ball and we will run the ball. It's a reliable way that we can not only just move the, the marker, but we can get significant chunks of yardage running the ball. Uh, and it all goes to this much improved USC offensive line, who I don't think anyone expected this amount of excellence. And it really shows you also how comfortable Caleb is moving around the pocket, scrambling when he needs to get rid to, uh, when he needs to get, sorry, when he needs to get out of the pocket, uh, he can make plays with his legs and avoid getting sack marks behind the stats of this offensive line. Uh, but they have opened up the run game significantly, and when you have defenses worried about that run game, the wide receivers will go crazy, and they did. Now, the wide receiver core has always been a specialty of USC's team, uh, going back to Amin Ron, Drake London, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, Robert Woods, and Marquise Lee. Uh, but this offensive duo that we see here in Jordan Addison and Mario Williams, this may not only just be the best wide receiver USC duo in recent memory, it may be the best wide receiver duo in the country. Mario Williams, crazy to say, is the option two in this offense, and he got into the, the end zone for the first time. He had 75 yards, I believe, on four receptions. Jordan Addison, what more can you say about him? Caleb Williams can just drop back, flick it 50 yards down the field, and let Jordan do the rest, including not only hauling it in, but shaking a man on his back to get into the end zone. Jordan Addison got in there twice on seven receptions, had over 170 yards. It was pure offensive dominance. But when you're looking at the USC defense, we may have a little bit of a different question. Now... The question becomes, and we'll get into this, everything we saw in the Rice game from this Trojan defense came back against Stanford. And this not only accounts for the stuff that's going to come back to hurt you, especially if you run the table and make it to those big games, but the stuff that's going to get you to those big games also came back. So there was good and bad to look at this Trojan defense with. Now let's get into it. Something we saw in Rice... That came back, especially first the thir- in the first three quarters of this Pac-12 matchup, was the Trojans' inability to stop the run game. First half of Rice, and there was good things, you know, USC's two pick sixes in the first half, I believe, two in the first half, three total for the game, four interceptions total, three pick sixes, uh, those were stellar, but Rice being allowed to have almost seven yards a carry through a half against this Trojan defense and Alex Grinch look at first I said maybe they just needed time because they did turn things around in the second half uh they limited rice to nearly between 20 and 30 yards rushing the ball uh you know I said let this Trojan defense settle maybe things will be great Romello Height was coming back uh to this Stanford game after missing a significant time of the Rice game uh But through three quarters against Stanford, Stanford had their way on the ground. You know, they had almost six and a half yards a carry through three quarters of the game, Uh, which is concerning, especially when you're going to be facing big name teams in big games with even bigger audiences, and you won't be able to stop the run. Not only can you not stop the run, That means you're going to lose the ability to manage the clock exactly how you want. And then at that point, you know at least your offense scores quickly, I can tell you that. This USC team, man, you blink and you will miss the touchdowns because I think they last about 15 seconds is the average uh, time of a USC drive uh, and they end in touchdowns. But this defense needs to be able to stop the run going forward because they will see good run games, especially Utah. You know, Tavion Thomas will be a situation for this USC defense if they can't get it together. But the lack of ability to stop the run game was not the only thing that came back to this Trojan defense. The four turnovers they had against Rice, the three-pick sixes and the earlier mentioned fourth pick, was matched yet again against the Stanford offense with two interceptions and two fumble recoveries and it started with Max Williams the safety USC got back from injury and he made his presence felt from the get-go right out of the gate he picked off a tip pass in the end zone uh, which really led the Trojans the ability by this defense to stop other teams from scoring and to especially create turnovers when the space of field is limited and you're really in those tight pockets of the end zone this team will stop you from getting in there as you know as long as if they can really get a hold of stopping the run and winning that point of attack they can they can hold their own and they can allow this offense to do what it does and dominate i ultimately do think that we will see this defense get better with time there is no doubt you know injury aside knock on wood uh that There's no doubt this team and Alex Grinch will get better against the run, especially when the teams they're playing should be considerable underdogs compared to the Trojans as they advance. They're seeing them go up to the number 7 spot already. They started at 14. You know, there's a real chance that this USC team is the face, not only the face of the Pac-12 come the end of the season, but the face of West Coast football yet again that quickly, A lot of people said it was going to take at least two years, and Lincoln Riley said, let's throw some transfer and NIL money at that. And the cherry on top of all of it for USC fans, after turning off their TV, after already seeing Caleb Williams as a potential Heisman quarterback dominating in a Trojan sense that makes you think about the early 2000s, You check to see the score of the Nebraska game, and you see that Clay Helton, at his new job, is winning. And not only is he winning, he's costing people their jobs. Scott Frost recently uh, terminated by the Nebraska team, Uh, but at the end of the game, according to Ross Dellinger on Twitter... Uh, Clay Helton uh, was asked about his team's big win at Nebraska and unpromptedly responded, How about USC? So proud of them. Lincoln is doing a great job. Uh, and then it had come out that USC AD Mike Bone and Clay Helton had shared texts throughout the weekend, not just texts of congratulations, but also texts of of admiration and Bone expressing how proud he was of Helton for taking his new team and finding success so quickly. This is not your typical uh, relationship for AD and fired and recently terminated coach, Uh, but for a USC fan base, as people who knew Clay Helton as, you know, maybe a frustrating uh, play caller and tactical leader on the gridiron, was a good man and a good person who you always had the USC athletes' uh, best interests at heart. So it really was a great weekend for USC fans in what's turning into be the season that USC fans had hoped for when they heard Clay Helton had been fired. Across the Pac-12, Oregon State Beavers were taking on the Fresno State Bulldogs in what ended up being a thriller of a game that uh, I don't think a lot of people expected. They knew this OSU team could be fun Uh, But this was an absolute nail-biter. You know, any given Saturday, uh, the game is a game of luck sometimes. And uh, for Oregon State, they needed a few things to go their way. And they needed a few things to go their way because their defense was getting absolutely manhandled by Fresno State. Uh, The Bulldogs had absolutely no issue uh, not only marching down the field, but putting up points. The problem is those points weren't exactly touchdowns weren't capitalizing on every opportunity they had settling for field goals a lot of the time until they couldn't get the field goal they needed after fresno state missed a big time field goal late in the game uh it was osu that would get the ball they would go down they would score with under two minutes leaving fresno state in that situation two-minute drill problem uh, once again the beavers defense could not make a stop to save their life, uh, and and the Bulldogs responded in less than a minute. I believe they got into the end zone, uh, so no time left on the clock. Oregon State's offense gets back in there, uh, and and what do they do? They march it all the way down to the two yard line. A field goal will tie it, and I think they they were considering it. You know, they they sent the team out there, leave it to Fresno State's coach to shoot himself in the foot. Uh, he he called a timeout to ice the kicker. And that's when Oregon State coach Jonathan Smith really looked at it and said, what am I doing? I'm on the two-yard line, you know? We, we just got a, a big plays to march us down here. We got a pass interference in the end zone that is setting us up to win it. Let's go and take this thing. And what does he do? With just three seconds on the clock, he sends in the wildcat. They score a Big-time touchdown. I believe it was their first win at Fresno State uh, in the program's history, I do believe. Uh, So it was a big, exciting win for a team that you really want to see do well and has a chance, frankly, to take over this Pac-12 if we and when we see departures of teams for the Big Ten in the upcoming years. Uh, Massive win for Oregon State. I do think there's clear issues that need to be resolved uh, if you want to make that next big step, but you need to be able to win games like this when you're coming back from behind. And even if it takes a little bit of luck, luck, they say, is when preparation meets opportunity, you capitalize when you need it to, Oregon State Beavers, great celebration and great momentum to take into week three. Finally, we're going to take a look at a big game. Washington State Cougars went into Wisconsin and walked away with, against a ranked opponent with a big victory, 17-14. The problem, was it a deserved victory? Uh, was it so much that Washington State won the game, or was it so much that Wisconsin really did not give themselves an opportunity to win? it seems like Wisconsin did everything they could to lose this game, folks. And it's not just a matter of the double-digit penalty count that gave up over 100 yards and just lost space and and lost yardage. It's a matter of your sloppy play and, and, frankly, your lack of discipline is costing you when you are scoring. You're having big offensive plays absolutely negated because your team can't stop holding. And more specifically, a single player, Joe Tittman, can't stop holding multiple times. You know, there, there were plenty of opportunities for Wisconsin to win this game. Uh, it ultimately boiled down to a lack of conservative play calling it. And, and going for it on fourth down early in the game uh, that just opened the door for the limited Washington State production. Which brings us to the the whole other side of this game, which is Washington State. How exactly did they walk away with this seventeen to fourteen win? Uh it beats me. Statistically, they were outplayed at every level. I think Wisconsin almost doubled the entire offensive production. Uh Wisconsin had over four hundred yards uh to Washington State's two fifty, 250, two fifty three. Uh looking at it, you know, Wisconsin had a little bit more dependable QB play. Uh, merch threw, I believe, two touchdowns to the one turnover, whereas you had Cam Ward throwing a, a two picks in his second game in the system. Uh, you couldn't get the lack of rushing game and the lack of the rushing threat uh, to opposing defenses didn't make it any easier for Cameron Ward back there all day. Um, but he still got, he still got into the end zone once. He threw for about 200 yards. Uh, it's you know it's a win that afterwards you still feel a little gross inside. You still feel like yeah hey we got it, but can we get real games like that in the future? And more specifically, can we even is this play good enough for any other team that isn't shooting themselves in the foot? Frankly, every time they have the ball. This doesn't mean there's no reason to celebrate. You know, anytime you are a double digit point underdog, especially 17 points, and you come out with the win, and you basically knock out a ranked opponent, there's cause for celebration. The only problem is very quickly that needs to turn back into let's get to work and let's fix our team so that you know we can ride this momentum. And, and fill that power void that's about to be left in the Pac-12, because that's really what a lot of teams are playing for here, is who can step up and who can be that new face of the conference. Looking forward into week three, uh, Oregon State, the Beavers are going to be hosting the Montana State Bobcats uh, Saturday night, I believe 7, the 17th of September. Uh, earlier in the day, you're going to see the Colorado State Rams take on the Washington State Cougars. Uh, And then I believe even the latest game of the three is going to be Fresno State in the L.A. Coliseum facing the number seven, the highest-ranked Pac-12 team at this Lincoln-Riley-USC offense. Uh, Frankly, I think this should be three wins for these three Pac-12 teams. I think Oregon State can continue to just ride the success that they've been seeing in these first two games of the season. Uh, I think you're going to see Washington State and Cam Ward hopefully settle back into a little bit of an easier time, a little bit more of a grasp on the system against Colorado State. And then from USC, I don't expect you to see anything different. If this USC defense can get four more turnovers and bring the season total to 12 turnovers on three games, and if Caleb Williams can just solidify his Heisman candidacy, this USC team will be off to a better start than any Trojan fan could imagine. I appreciate you for listening with us. Uh, Enjoy the games this weekend, no matter where you are, no matter who you're rooting for. Uh, We all love the game of football, and we specifically love West Coast football, and you know where to find it here. I've been Alex Blau. This is Get Off My Pylon, a production of College Gridiron Coast to Coast. Thanks for listening.